This call is being recorded. Happy Friday at Declare Victory. My name's Andrew. Who's with me now on the call? Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, family. This is Pam. Good morning, Pam. It's just you and me. Oh, awesome. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good as well, too. I can't complain. Good, you sound good. Awesome. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Sister Susie. Happy Friday. Good morning, Brother Andrew. Same to you. Happy Friday. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. Good morning, Renee. Happy Friday. Thank you. Have a good one. Lovely to hear the smiles coming through the phone this morning. That's always a bonus. Brother Andrew, can you keep me in uh, you guys' prayers? I've got an infection I need to get checked out. So you said everything will be okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We'll keep you lifted. Thank you. How's Sister Julia? Have you spoken to her lately? Yeah, just a couple of days ago. She's doing good. She is. Okay. Let let her know we're 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 keeping her on the list. I sure will. I'll I'll give her a call today. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Hello. Good morning, Brother Andrew. Good morning. Hey, it's Deidre. Hey, Deidre. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm gonna throw my. I'm gonna ask you to put my mom, Alice Guillory, on that list real fast. She's um, flying back next week from Atlanta, and she has a partial blindness in her right eye. So just praying that it, it's um, it comes back. It's not permanent. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm reaching for something. I'm reaching for something to write with. And I'm going to need you to give me that, uh, the name of your mom again. Alice. A-L-I-C-E. Yes. Okay. And what's your last name? Guillory, G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. Gotcha. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. All we're duty bound, sister. Duty bound. Thank you. Uh huh. It's a wonderful day to declare victory. This is Men's Day. We're taking Good charge. Morning. Yes. Who's with me? Good morning. This is Diane. Good morning. Happy Good morning, Friday. Diane. Happy Friday to you. Good morning. De Eva. God bless you, Sister Yvonne. Happy Friday to you. Always lovely to hear you. Hope your morning's going well. Good morning. Happy Friday. It's pretty Patrice. Good morning, pretty Patrice. Happy Friday. Good morning, family. It's Sister Veronica. Happy Friday. 
Happy Friday, Sister Veronica. Good to hear you. Good to be heard. Uh, Amen. Good good morning. This is Deborah Evans. Hey, Deborah Evans. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, you too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. That's what we're here to do this morning. Seek the face of the Lord. My name's Andrew. It's Men's Day on Declare Victory. We're, we're going forth. Who's going with us? Good morning, family. It's Kenya. Hey, Kenya. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, um, uh, Brother Andrew, it's Mona. Happy Friday. Hey, Mona. Happy Friday to you, too. How's it going? It's going good. Awesome. Awesome. Good and Andrew. Barbara, happy Friday. Hey, Barbara, happy Friday. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face. I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord. And unto the Lord I made my supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. We're crying out to the Lord this morning. My name's Andrew. This is Declare Victory. Who's just joining me on the call? Hello, who was that? Couldn't catch you exactly. You're 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 coming through like you're 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 talking in 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 a pool of water. It's 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 really distorted. But God bless you. We're we're glad you joined us. Happy Friday, it's Nikisha. Hey, Nikisha, happy Friday. Hey. Well, everyone, according to the clock on the wall, it's time we got started. And so I'm going to ask everyone to buckle up. Check your phone. Make sure the mute feature is depressed and activated so that as the word of God is going forth, no distractions are going to take us off the path of learning, of dining at the master's table. My name is Andrew, in case you didn't know, and we're at Declare Victory, and it's Men's Day, just in case you didn't know. I'm so pleased that you joined us here today. Who are we? This is who we are. We're a prayer call. We meet Monday through Saturday, 
beginning at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we're here to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Today is Friday, Men's Day. Only men are scheduled in the lineup to bless you. Please make sure that you continue to join us throughout the rest of the month of July for a whole bunch of power-packed individual and unique messages from all of our wonderfully gifted declarers. You don't want to miss the rest of the messages this month because they are certain sure to bless you. Two announcements are before us today. Firstly, if you've been blessed by the call and you'd like to sow into it, please visit www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me slash declarevictory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. Secondly, please join us right here on the same number that you called in tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Friday Night Live, hosted by our own Dee Dee Felder. The title of this evening's lesson, Faith Under Attack. Again, this evening, 6 to 7 p.m., this number, Friday Night Live, Dee Dee Felder, Faith Under Attack. There were no prayer requests on the online app, but we had two spoken emergency requests this morning. Firstly, we need to keep Sister Susie and her family lifted up. She's under the weather with an infection, and we're praying that the Lord give her a touch, that she be healed. Secondly, Alice Gillery is in need of prayer. She has partial blindness in one eye, and we're asking the Lord again for that self-same touch, because his touch makes a difference. We're lifting them both up for the Lord. We also have other prayer requests that continue to cry out to us. Uh, Sister Julia is one. Please keep her lifted, as well as all the other individuals, the first responders, those that are feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the people in hospices, uh, in incarceration. Uh, at the uh, internment camps, uh, in the orphanages, uh, helping children in the hospitals, cancer wing. Uh, so many people uh, have need that a lot of times these people are stretched and stressed, and they're not resting, and they're not really uh, putting common uh, burdens on others. So please, ma'am, please, sir, Keep them lifted up, as well as the people that they're serving. The need is great in this country, in this world. The need remains, and we, God's people, need to answer that. The order of the call is as follows. The declaration will be brought by Pastor Lawrence Van Hook. Leading prayer and corporate praise will be Brother Jeff. That order once again. Declaration will be rendered by Pastor Lawrence Van Hook. Leading prayer and corporate praise will be Brother Jeff. 
immediately following, we will go directly <laughs> into Love, Life, and Victory. Pastor Van Hook will then lead us in the discussion, the question and answer session, so that we can more fully digest the teachings that he brought. Please check your phone one more time to make sure that the only person heard is the person that has the mic, and that would be the declarer until he passes the call, so that the word of God can do what it was sent to accomplish. Welcome up, sit back, get ready to be blessed. Next voice you hear will be that of Pastor Van Hook. My name is Andrew Hart. I now pass the call. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brother Andrew. Testing one, two. Can anybody hear me? Loud and clear. Thank you so very much. I'm just so excited about today. Today is the first day to the rest of our lives. And I want you to know that even if you had a good yesterday or a not so good yesterday, it does not count for today. The problem with yesterday is if you had a good yesterday, sometimes we relax because yesterday was great. And so we don't do as good today. If you didn't have a good yesterday, sometimes you bring your yesterday's sorrow in today's promise and then you don't get a good start. So I just really want you to uh, know that today is that day. Your blessing, your healing, your deliverance, whatever you're looking for, you ought to expect it today. And so our attitude has to make the difference. I'm so excited about being on the call today for this month of July. Um, um, we have definitely had a great uh, month so far and looking forward to uh, the rest of this summer as we move forward into the fall uh, season of this year. Um, I want to say a few things. First of all, I always like to uh, give respect to those who made this possible and to, the, to, to those who are the founders, the, the movers of this phone um, um, uh, conference line, this, this Declare Victory Awesome machine that people have been blessed with. So just want to thank everybody who um, is possible for making, uh, allowing us to come together. Um, secondly, I want to uh, announce that we talked about our um, forgiveness class that will be happening at the Community Church 1527 34th Street. We will post something in the Victory Room. Um, 6.30 every Wednesday at um, at uh, the community church in West Oakland, uh, starting uh, August the 14th and for 13 weeks. Um, following that Wednesday, we will have the forgiveness series. And so for those of you who really want to do the work, um, we really want you to uh, make it your business to get there for your own self-healing. It is the solution to the problem of sin. And so uh, if we work the forgiveness right, um, life would be a better place. We would be able to live in a better state of ease and pray for those who despitefully use us and bless them that curse us. The way we do that is by practicing a lifestyle of forgiveness. I wanted to open up with a poem. Dr. Evans sent me a poem um, that was entitled Imperfections in parentheses, expectations. 
And so I want to read this to you, and it may or may not have an effect on you, but I thought about um, what imperfections do and how they make us respond in a lot of ways and how sometimes our imperfections make us put uh, unrealistic un, un, un expectations on others. It goes something like this. Imperfections make us human and frustrations alive. Imperfection makes us compassionate to live, grow, and thrive. Imperfections teach us patience and empathy and hope. Imperfections force us to explore and find new ways to cope. Imperfections help us to see our loved ones through new and open eyes. Imperfections, with God's help, makes us more honorable and wise. Imperfections keep us humble, grounded, and sensitive. Imperfections remind us most of the need to constantly and instantly forgive. We should learn to embrace imperfections in our lives and in others. Imperfections keep us improving. Remember that we are brothers. It's because of imperfections that new products and process are designed. It's because of imperfections that creativity fills our minds. Without imperfections, there would be no need for love. There would be no need for patience. It would miss the beauty from above. So even though imperfections may cause disappointments or dismay, they keep humanity unified and hopeful, allowing God to shine through us anyway. Making imperfections ultimately necessary. Um, I thought that was an excellent segue of a poem that talks about our imperfections that sometimes force us to have unrealistic expectations. Today, I wanted to um, talk about um, a catch-all for forgiveness since I was able to uh, be free enough to talk about anything I wanted to talk about. Well, if you know anything about me, I, I, why bring up something new when we can uh, impactful, um, um, impact something with, with, with something that we've already done? Um, but today, I want to talk about um, lifestyle of forgiveness, but I want to talk about the healing side of forgiveness. You know, we talk about forgiveness, I forgive you, and, but, but how do you heal while you're telling people, I forgive you? And, and, and so what I wanted to do today with you all's uh, permission, thank you for giving it to me. I, I, I wanted to bring on um, um, the uh, author of the book of forgiveness uh, to help me to unpack not only just the forgiveness component, but we've got a lot of people who say they've forgiven people, but they have not healed. And um, um, Steve Deal um, will, will help me today, who wrote the Developing the Lifestyle of Forgiveness. And so today I kind of want to do a um, questions answer 
with him for our first section. And after he finishes with his answers, then I want to invite you all in with the uh, Love Life and Victory so that we can really dive deep into how when we are wounded, how do we use God's forgiveness as the solution to sin? But then the, 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 the silent question, how do we heal when it comes to this forgiveness thing? Because there's so many broken people who've been wounded and hurt and declare that they have forgiven, but they have not healed. And so I wanted to give you a little time to call somebody and say this, whoa, is going down on Declare Victory today. Tune in and get your questions ready. Um, and I was so smart that I didn't know the answer. So I brought the person on the line who God inspired to make this forgiveness process of a lifestyle and put him on the line. Uh, Brother Steve, are, are you out there today so that uh, we can begin our conversation? And I want the people to write down some questions so that they can ask. Um, are you there, Steve? If you got your phone on mute, take your phone off so that we yes, can know I, that yes, you're there. Yes, I am, Brother Lawrence and church family. All Good right. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so very much. What I want yes. to do is just kind of ask you to give a overview of the lifestyle of forgiveness and then talk about this old necessary component that will actually make the difference for our own individual healthiness. Um, and that is how do we heal and what's the steps in the process? Cause I'm a process guy, I need to know uh, what's the mechanics so that you just won't say be healed, but give me right. some steps of process. So if you can just kind of go into that and I can do less talking and you can just kind of take it away um, for, for about 20, 25 or so minutes. And so if you can go ahead and, and, and talk about that today, and then we will go into uh, Love, Life, and Victory where people can chime in and ask questions. Okay, let's do that. Well, Lawrence, we've known each other for a lot of years, and you know that I was a full-time pastor for 20 years. And at that time, I became acutely aware that uh, – People in the church, let alone people in the world, but even people in the church talk a lot about forgiveness, sing about forgiveness, boast in forgiveness, claim forgiveness, but inwardly their emotions, their behaviors, their coping mechanisms, and I should say ours because it was my problem too, um, there wasn't always the fruit of forgiveness matter of fact rarely the real fruit of forgiveness the healing and and i did not understand that as a pastor and so i went through a lot of the motions of forgiveness prayed about it prayed to forgive claimed to forgive pretended to forgive but uh, it really came to a head in my own relationship in my marriage with my wife um that I was having growing irritations after 15 years of marriage that was just becoming difficult to manage and control. And at one point I cried out to God for him to show me what real forgiveness is and how to practice it. And you know me as a, as a biologist. So I, I think like you were just saying, like an engineer, I want to know 
what forgiveness is and why it is what it is and how to practice it effectively. I had no idea that God was opening up a whole new ministry for me. And that's why we started Forgiveness Ministries. But the key, one of the key things that I discovered as I dove into the Bible more deeply about forgiveness, looking at everything that God says about forgiveness, is that real forgiveness is like a coin. It has two sides. And I had never heard or read anyone talk about forgiveness that way. Forgiveness has two sides because forgiveness is God's solution to a problem he calls sin. And sin is like a coin, which has two sides. Every sin is a crime against God, and every crime has a penalty. The good news is, is that Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins and indeed for the sins of the world. And it's because Jesus died and paid the penalty for us that God forgives us of the penalty, which means he's not going to execute us for our crimes, for our sins. And we can forgive other people when we believe that Jesus died for them as well, just as he died for us. And so our heart's cry for justice can be satisfied at the cross of Jesus Christ and our anger can dissipate and God's love then can freely flow through us to other people when we forgive them at the cross of the penalty. But what I had not heard from other people and discovered was that the other side of the coin of sin are consequences. Every sin is not only a crime against God, but every sin is also a stupid act like putting our hand on a hot stove. When you put your hand on a hot stove, you get burned. You get burned even if God, though God loves you. You get burned if you do it accidentally. You get burned if you put your hand on a hot stove deliberately. If you do it once, if you do it many times, if you're a Christian, if you're a non-Christian, we get burned. And perhaps one of the most famous verses that validate that way of thinking is when Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever seed a man plants in the ground, this is what he's going to reap from and eat someday. So that's the other side of sin. What I had not been taught, that God uses the same words of forgiveness in both the Old and New Testament when he talks about healing and changing the negative consequences of the sin. He can heal the burnt hand that's been put on the stove, but he doesn't do so because Jesus died for that. He didn't die for consequences. He died for penalty. God forgives, heals, and changes the consequences of a sin when people repent. And that's why repentance is so important in the gospel of Jesus and in the Christian lifestyle. When we repent of our sins, when we take our hand off the stove, or at least ask God to help us take our hand off the stove, that's when God starts to heal our hand, because he can't heal our hand when it's still on the stove. And in exactly the same way, when we forgive other people, first we forgive them of the penalty at the cross. But then we have to then we have to ask the question, is this person repentant or are they still wanting to hurt me? And if they're still hurting me, then I cannot, should not forgive them of the consequences of how they're damaging our relationship. 
I need to put up healthy boundaries. I need to follow through with even administering loving consequences so that the person can be moved to repentance and a loving relationship restored. So the two sides of sin are penalty and consequences. The two sides of forgiveness is God forgives the penalty because of the cross of Jesus Christ. He forgives consequences when people repent. I've not read that even today in any other book, and that's why I wrote Developing a Lifestyle of Forgiveness and also a new book, What You Might Not Know About Forgiveness, which people can get from the Forgiveness Ministries website. Excellent. So let's talk about how to heal when we've been damaged um, as a part of our process of forgiveness. What about that, you say? Yeah, and that was something that was a surprising new thought for me 20 years ago, too, because I had not heard in the church and still today don't hear it enough emphasis that sins actually damage the human soul. When we talk about people being damaged, sometimes they just talk about their emotions. You know, they feel depressed or guilty or shamed or angry or whatever it is, and they think their emotions are damaged. But when we feel guilty or depressed or angry or hurt, that's not symptoms of broken emotions. Those are healthy emotions. What they're indicating is that our soul has been damaged. Our mind, our will, our emotions, our ability to think clearly and see truth quickly, our ability to choose love is damaged, our ability to uh, feel what we should feel at the right time the way God does. Our personness is damaged. Our ability to have healthy relationships is damaged. And the church doesn't talk enough about the soul. Human beings are physical. We are spiritual, but we are a human soul made in the image of God. It's who we are. We don't have a soul. It is who we are. We have a body. We have a spirit, but we are a living soul made in the image of God. And if we look at all of creation, everything that God has made, made, the more complicated it is um, outwardly, the more complicated it is constructed inwardly. And I believe the human soul must be a more complicated piece of machinery than the human body is. And the soul, like the body, is damaged when we sin and when other people sin against us. Uh, this would explain uh, perhaps why, uh, and maybe our listeners think this way, it's an observation I had a long time ago. Why is it and how is it that something that we did 30, 40, 50 years ago, something bad that we did, or something bad that was done to us can still feel as if it happened yesterday? I remember as a young counselor, young pastor, listening to people tell me the horror stories of their sins and sins committed against them when they were children. And they're now 40, 50, 60 years old, and they would break down and cry. And it was obvious that they could feel the intensity of this, of these sins as if they happened just before they came into my office. I wanted to know what was the mechanism. Why is that so true? Is it just our memories? And I decided it couldn't just be memories because amnesia then would, would fix the problem. 
it's that the soul gets damaged by sin and time does not heal. And, and even becoming a Christian does not automatically heal. And that's why we as Christians can still be suffering and be crippled and hindered by things we have done in the past and things that have been done to us in the past because the inner damage in our soul is still there. We're still bleeding. We still have broken bones, internal damage, and it drives our compulsive behaviors and our emotions. Our emotions are actually indicators that the damage is still there. When a person still feels guilty, they're, they're forgiven, but they don't feel and experience that forgiveness. They're not healed. And when uh, I'm still angry on. at someone, um, it means I haven't forgiven them and I'm not healed. And now, that's say that damage. Again. No, no, no. Say, say that again, because I need for people to hear that. Because people well, declare that they've been, they, they, they have asked for forgiveness, they are forgiven, but they have not healed. Say that one more time. Well, yeah, it's, it's about our own forgiveness, our own sins and other people's. The principles are the same. When, when I, when God has forgiven us all. God has forgiven me. But when I hide my sin or I'm ignorant of my sin, I don't confess my sin, then God is unable. He's waiting for me to confess so he can heal. And when I don't confess, then I'm not healed. And the brokenness in my soul is going to continue as self-condemnation and depression and sorrow and guilt and shame. All of those are indicators that I've not yet received and experienced his forgiveness in those areas of my life in exactly the same way if i don't forgive other people at the cross of jesus christ and can feel god's justice being administered at the punishment of jesus then i may claim and say and pretend to forgive that person but if i haven't really forgiven them at the cross then the damage they cause to my soul continues. I'm going to still be hurt. I'm going to still feel anger. I'm going to maybe be good at exercising self-control and manage my emotions and say the right things. But inwardly, I have a cancer that's eating away at my soul. And again, it drives our compulsive behaviors. It drives our bad habits. It drives our our inability to, to hear truth clearly and to make good, loving choices. And so that's what I discovered is that the reason why God emphasizes so strongly that we as his children not only confess our sins and receive his forgiveness, but also forgive other people at the cross of Jesus Christ, uh, we stay broken and, and God wants to heal us. I mean, a big part of salvation is healing our soul so that we can think more like Jesus, choose more like Jesus feel more like Jesus, act more like Jesus. We need healing for that to happen. So so, so what I hear you saying is, first of all, ah, because we cannot reach our soul, the best we can do is add a Band-Aid to a gunshot wound with our soul. There are a majority of us who talk about forgiveness but soul is still bleeding. They acted out in their relationships with others, and they acted out. Is that what I hear you saying? 
Absolutely. Matter of fact, there's two big places where we see the symptom of brokenness in the soul. One is in our own emotions and behavior. Uh, And when people are honest with themselves, when we're by ourselves and we're not distracted by TV and work and everything going on, what's really happening inside? How are we thinking? How are we feeling? And so, you know, chronic depression, there's healthy depression, but chronic depression is not healthy. The guilt, the shame, the fear, the worries, the anger, the hurt that we're feeling, the the thoughts we have towards other people, those indicate how healthy our soul is and how much like Jesus we are. The other area, though, is our relationships. When when we are unable or unwilling to have healthy, good, loving relationships with other people, especially with brothers and sisters in the church, then that's an indicator that something's broken. Not only has our soul been broken, but the relationships have been broken and healing needs to happen. So so give me a process on how to begin the healing process of our soul. I need a process for that because, um, you know, I just just so many people who will say I've forgiven you but have not healed. So they live in their life. And now their kids are messed up and the people around them are messed up because they're living a publicly Christian life but broken on the inside. But they're claiming Jesus. And it's really tough for me to hear people claim Jesus on one hand authentically but yet live a suspicious a suspicious life of others, damaged, um, um, incomplete, insecure. Uh, so how do we how do we how do we grow in that process to become healthier? Good question. Well, it all begins with the first, what I call the first side of forgiveness. I call it personal forgiveness. It's the side. Come of on forgiveness. with me. Come on, tell me. Tell me. It's the side of Come forgiveness on. where God forgives us of the penalty of sin because Jesus died and paid the penalty. And that's the side of forgiveness that most Christians are most familiar with. It also includes, though, personal forgiveness includes when I'm forgiving other people of the penalty of sin by believing Jesus died for them. We receive, we don't make God forgives us, forgive us. Jesus died and paid the penalty for our sin. And there's a sense in which we can say Jesus makes it possible for God to forgive us through his death on the cross. God punished Jesus for the sins he should have punished us for. And God is not going to punish us for sins he already punished Jesus for. We are free. We are forgiven people. Matter of fact, the whole world is forgiven of the penalty of sin. And that's something, again, most Christians don't understand. We've been taught and often tell the world, well, God will forgive you if you believe in Jesus. But there are actually no Bible verses that teach that. That's that's now a church tradition and it's misleading. God forgives us of the penalty because Jesus Christ died and paid the penalty for us once for all. He's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. God is not going to punish anyone For sins, Jesus already died for. That's what the forgiveness of penalty of sin is about. And we receive that forgiveness. We experience that forgiveness when we believe it. But believing doesn't make God forgive us. It allows us to experience that forgiveness. And exactly this, and he heals our soul 
when we confess our sins to him, believing that Jesus has paid for them. And I want to say that again, because that's, that's the key to the how-to. God heals our soul of particular sins when we confess those sins to him, acknowledging them as sin, and by believing, it's a faith issue, it's a faith in the truth issue, by believing that Jesus Christ was in fact executed and punished by God the Father for that sin I committed. And when I can believe that Jesus died and paid for that sin, then God heals my soul. So there's a there wow. needs to be a discovery and a recognition of what the Holy Spirit is leading us to see as sin in our life, and then an agreement with God and prayer, confessing it to God and believing it in faith that Jesus has paid for it. And the miracle of inner healing happens, something medicine can't do, something psychologists can't do. Something, it's divine. It's only something God can do to heal the soul. And in, and in exactly the same way, then, when we talk about forgiving other people, when we discover and realize somebody has sinned against us, and we bring that to God in prayer, believing Jesus was punished and executed as the full and just payment for that person's sins. When we believe that, then God reaches into our soul and touches that part of our soul that that sin damaged and heals us. And we become different people. We are changed through that healing. But Lawrence, I, I tell you, I, I, I don't know of any Christian book, and I've got over 60 of them, that says the way you forgive someone else starts by believing Jesus died for them too, just like he died for you. That their sins are paid for just like your sins are paid for. That God has forgiven them just as he has forgiven you. And and when the church, when people don't understand forgiveness that way, when they don't believe and focus on the cross, paying the penalty for other people's sins, it leaves them in a deep, dark hole from which real forgiveness, I don't think, can happen. And, wow. and that's why Christians will claim to forgive and still be very broken. Wow. Well, one of the things that you say that I quote like it's mine because I believe it, and that is the world tells you about stress management and anger management. Right. And so right. they constantly tell you that you have to manage stress, manage anger, but that's not what the Bible and God declares. That's God right. and Bible declares stress replacement. Amen, anger brother. Anger replacement. Amen. And so when people sin against you, you automatically go into prayer for them because you know they're operating from a damaged soul. Right. So you don't take it the same way. When somebody cuts in front of you, it probably was me on the freeway, then you don't cuss me out and, and drive 10 miles to flip me off. But you say, I need to pray for that brother <laughs> because yeah. he, 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 did, he, he didn't have good time management, so he's got to be late. Um, so we look at people different who sin against us when our soul has been healed. And that's the reason why we can release people at the point of sin as opposed to holding them hostage and i know our time is up but i just really need to say this because this is a part of the the response to my book to your book 
which we got to get out. I got a book coming out this year, but I got to respond to the lifestyle of forgiveness. And so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, writing a, a response to you. Um, uh, but, but this is what, this is so important, you all. This is just, this came from heaven's oven. And, it, and, and, and I ain't heard nobody say it, so, so it, it comes from me. Everybody has to meet at the cross of Calvary. Lord have mercy. Those Amen. who are stepped on, if you've been damaged by sin, if you've been damaged by other people who have sinned against you, you've got to meet at the cross. If you've been stepped on, if you've been a uh, victim of, of, of slavery, of, of abuse, you got to go to the cross. And when you get to the cross, Jesus will ask you to forgive, love, and give the opportunity for reconciliation. See, because you can't forgive a person and then not want to fool with them. Because that's when the beloved community that we all need with each other, and 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 and, and it just hurts me, and 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 that the think that in 2019 at 11 o'clock in uh, America is still to this day the most segregated time of our country. Amen. Not because of language barrier, is because North America has allowed uh, racism. And the color of one's skin affect our relationship to be under one umbrella. So those of us who've been damaged, sinned against, you got to go to the cross. And when you get to the cross, Jesus is going to ask you to give that person who cut you, you're going to have to release them. And not only release them, but you're going to have to. And, and the reason why you got to release him because he's already died for him. <laughs> so you can't hold Amen. somebody hostage that Jesus has already released. And I don't know how I can get people to see that. You holding me hostage and Jesus has already released me. You're holding your mother who abandoned you, your father who went to prison or whatever. You're holding them hostage and Jesus has already released them. Now how that's gonna work. But secondly, when you go to the cross as a perpetrator, when you go to the cross as a person who stepped on others, when you come to that conclusion, you have to go to the cross with repentance. And watch this. The second thing you must do from my hey, perspective. Going down this weekend. Hey, put your phone on mute, please. Um, 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 you have to go to the cross, not only with repentance, but you gotta go to the cross with restitution. You've got to give penance for the damage you've caused. And, and, and that looks different in different cases. That, that looks different in different cases. And, and so it's obvious it must be time for us to stop. We have to continue this some other time. But I want us to um, get ready for Love, Life, and Victory, uh, Steve, where people can ask you questions and we can take a deep dive. And I really need for you to uh, ask more questions since we have the author of the book on the call. And, 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 and then we can come back and, and, and give our um, dialogue around it. And I just want to say, um, 
we, we, we can spend this next time, and, and, and I'm getting text saying, don't stop, don't stop. But what I want to do is give the people an opportunity um, to share and to get involved. We can do this some more because I think this is the crux of a freedom, a freedom where you can live, where you can become the light of the world. You become the salt of the earth. And so I want to now, yes. Do, do this. All right. Why don't, why don't okay. you go ahead and continue? And what we'll do is we'll pray after, because what we don't want to do is leave open wounds. I'd rather gotcha. um, we actually go into the love, life, and victory now. And then yes, that way will open up an opportunity for us to pray for some people that need individual prayer. So go ahead with the Q&A. Um, we'll go ahead and open up since uh, Dr. Deal is on the phone. Good morning, doctor. It's a pleasure to have you this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Amen. Okay, I'm going on mute. Go ahead. Yeah, can we make sure our phones are on mute? That's really important right up and through here. Amen. Hey man, I, I just, I just, and y'all have to forgive me, but I'm having a spiritual moment. It's called a Kairos moment. That's when, when, when God allows His Shekinah glory to light. I believe it's on this prayer line this morning. And so, for those of you who are living in the reality of forgiveness and you have not healed, come on, talk back to me. Tell me what you hear. Tell me what you think. Um, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what they said. You need this for yourself, even if your husband, your wife, your parents, your pastor, whoever it is, don't have it. You can help us to start a new life where we can be seen as light in darkness. So if you have a question, if you have something that you want to share, please don't nobody, everybody don't speak at once. But we have somebody who can help us to unpack it on the line. Anybody have any statements or questions? for this process of healing when it comes to forgiveness. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Good morning. I just I just have um, a quick question. You said repentance and I wasn't writing fast enough that once you um you can't hold someone hostage that Jesus had released, you have to have repentance and what? Do you remember? Repentance you have to, for those who stepped on people when they go to the cross, they have to repent and then give restitution or repentance. In other words, there's been some damage, and you want to make it. You want to make that person whole. Um, right yeah. now, in this country, um, we, we, we're talking about uh, what this country owes African Americans. We, we say forty acres and a mule. Um, um, people have benefited off of the backs of slavery, even if you, you didn't put people in slavery. Because of the damage of slavery, you're now spending the money that your family members and others um, 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 don't look now, but I just was reading the report of the Chase family, Chase Bank. They were one of the biggest benefit factors of slavery, now we put their money in their bank. And, and so we have to really begin to understand that not only do you need to repent if you go to the cross of Calvary, if you stepped on somebody, if you hurt somebody, but you've got to make it right. You've got to pay penance, restitution. If you have where, been a victim, go ahead, come on. 
going to say that's where we have to be clear about the difference between penalty and consequences. Jesus paid the penalty for people who had slaves or benefit from slavery. But the consequences, Jesus didn't die for. That's impossible. And that's why God forgives and heals not just the soul, but also relationships and societies and cultures when people stop sinning, when they repent, when they take responsibility for their past sins and come to one another and demonstrate through their actions, I'm not the same person I used to be. Jesus has changed me. And I'm not going to hurt you again the way either I hurt you in the past or my forefathers hurt you in the past. So I think we have to be a little careful there how how you said something, Brother Lawrence, about holding people hostage. I can forgive someone at the cross of Jesus Christ because Jesus died for them. I forgive them of the penalty. That means I'm not going to punish them and wish ill of them. I can pray for them, like you say. However, that doesn't mean I'm going to trust them. It doesn't mean I have to be in relationship with them because if they don't repent and if they don't want to stop sinning against me, then I'm going to love them from a distance. I may not be able to work for them or employ them or sit in their class or invite them to my house for Thanksgiving. If they're going to not take responsibility for their sins and if they're not going to stop sinning, I'm going to have to love them as a sinner rather than loving them as a repentant sinner. And that's that's just following. Yeah, Yeah, that is really key that people need to hear. Just because we forgive someone at the cross because Jesus died for them doesn't mean you should trust them, doesn't mean you should enter into a relationship with them. Maybe the only way to love them is from a distance by praying for them. And you'll want to pray for them because your anger is gone and God's love is flowing through you. But God may be saying, hey, you're going to have to treat him as a tax collector and a Gentile because he won't repent. Right there, somebody has a question. Um, um, so if you have a question uh, from that comp- component, what, what would that question be if anybody has a question around that? And if not, what other questions do you have or clarifications that you need? We just talked about boundaries that you have to place on people even when you love them if they have not repented of the sin that they caused you. Any other question? There was another question or statement um, of question um, um, when my sister just came in. Who was that who who wanted to ask a question? Good morning. Uh, This is Brother Jeff. Uh, What's the difference in uh, releasing uh, a person as opposed to forgiving them? Well, what do you mean by releasing? Releasing them from what? Well, um, I was uh, reading uh, Gary Chapman's, uh, some of his literature, and he was speaking on releasing uh, uh, someone that harmed you uh, that hasn't repented of of, uh, the offense. And the pastor was was telling uh, the woman to forgive, you know, her husband that had harmed her, but he hadn't repented. And so he suggested to her that um, she release uh, what he did to her to God as opposed to her being able to forgive him. 
uh, because he hadn't repented. So I want to ask you, what's the difference in between releasing someone to God as opposed to for, forgiving them? And, and okay. like you just mentioned that, you know, setting boundaries and, and stuff like that. Okay. Well, let me, let me start. Uh, not, let me start. Let me let me start, and then you can uh, pick up on that, uh, uh, Steve. Okay. What I think, okay. Jeff. What I think. What I'm hearing is I don't know Mr. Chapman's. Uh, I don't, we don't know the background to that. But if I was in his shoes, this was what I would say. First of all, you need to release the person for your own self, for your own process. Now they have not repented. But you have to give it to God. That's the release that you, you can't carry that. That, 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 that sin is too heavy for you. So you have to go and ask God for healing and, and deliverance of you. Now, the person has not repented, so you can't give them the, 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 the carte blanche to continue to keep sinning against you, if that makes any sense. Um, um, but, but I do know that you cannot carry the sins of somebody on your own life without getting some kind of healing for it from God himself. Does that make sense? Steve, if you can actually add to that or, 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 or balance yeah, the scale me, on what you were going to say. Yeah, let me add to that because he might be using the word release in a couple different ways. One of them is, as you just said, um, I believe God has put in the human soul uh, uh, needs, like the need to feel loved and the need to feel significant. Another one is the need to feel and see God's justice. And that's where our anger comes from. And sometimes on, people yeah. use the word release there. Justice happens at the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we fail to connect our sin or someone else's sin to the justice that God is bringing about at the cross, and we're like a drowning person trying, and that's where our anger comes from. We're trying to punish the person or hoping the person suffers so that our heart's cry for justice can be satisfied. And he might be meaning release that to God. And it's too vague. It's not a good handle. It's better to say, take the sin to the cross and see and feel Jesus dying and paying for it. But he also might be meaning to release the person in that, uh, and I see this happen a lot in marriages, is there's a longing in both a husband and wife that the other person love us the way we long to be loved, the way we needed to be loved. But the sad reality, even for God, is, is you can't force people to love you. And sometimes when people sin against us, we get an agenda. Is I'm going to manipulate you. I'm going to either whine or cry or threaten or something to try to make you love me. And you can't force people to love you. You can't force people to repent. And so the word release can be very helpful there in that you have to let this person go into the hands of God and let God deal with them through appropriate consequences because it's consequences that often bring people to repentance and to love. Not always. It's not a guarantee by any means. But that's why God allows negative consequences to continue in a person's life. It's to promote repentance. And if this woman was trying to manipulate her husband and was depressed and angry and living in all of that emotional brokenness, she really needed. She would really need to let her husband go 
and release him and stop trying to change him and let God do that work. So he might have meant that as well. Okay. Thank that's you. That's, that's good. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Somebody else? Dr. Van Hook? Jeff, this is yes, uh, Larry sir. George. How, how y'all doing today? Hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm glad you signed <laughs> in. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, this is a very constructive and beneficial conversation. All I wanted to do is highlight one thing and then ask you ask a question. Forgiveness is, in my understanding, a matter of the heart, <clears throat> meaning that the heart has its reason that the heart has its reason that the either the mind or the intellect knows not of. And as such, um, we find that when we forgive, we don't forgive from our hearts. And as such, we we forgive as a mechanical thing and not as a spiritual thing. So I wanted to ask, how can we truly forgive from our hearts and not just from our mouths? Well, that's an excellent question. It's, I think, one of the greatest missing pieces in the church today about forgiveness is, um, is how to feel the heart of God at the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, a moment ago, I mentioned our, our own heart's cry for justice. And again, when we don't see and feel what God was doing, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at the cross of Christ, when we don't feel the anger of God being poured out against sin and specific sins on Jesus, when we don't feel Jesus suffering uh, and and suffering to the point that his heart ruptured, on the cross, when we don't feel that reality, we, you know, we talk about Jesus died for our sins and we say it glibly, but there is a weight, there is a mystery, there is a depth of emotion, there is a reality at the cross that is so heavy, so big, that it outweighs any and every sin and all sins of all of humanity, including racial sins. And when people, when Christians fail to connect up with God emotionally, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the cross, then like you say, we may go through the mechanics or the words or the prayer of forgiveness, but we don't feel it. And so when I do counseling and teaching, I try to move people into, let's talk to God about God the Father, what he was going through as he punished Jesus for this sin that was committed against you or for your own sin. Let's Let's talk to the Holy Spirit about what he was going through as he was energizing the dynamics that were happening at the cross. Let's talk to Jesus about what Jesus was feeling as he was being punished voluntarily and willingly out of love uh, for this sin. And when we can feel Jesus dying and paying for a sin, I think forgiveness then becomes not only deep and of the heart, it becomes an irresistible reality that we can't escape. And and the church has yet, I think, to really enter into that reality. Let me speak to the component of the church. As a pastor, I had to go back and begin to literally help people during our communion time 
to try to put them in the mind and the space of the agony that Jesus had to go through. Exactly what you're saying, uh, Steve. Um, we have a venue um, when, when we talk about our communion, this do in remembrance of me. When we have our communion, a lot of times we have our communion as just a pass-through. But we have to slow down and take the time and understand the gravity of what Jesus did on the cross, his pain and suffering, so that you don't have to try to recreate the pain and suffering in and of yourself. When you right. can go to communion, when you take that uh, piece of unleavened bread or that piece of cracker or whatever it is, that new wine or fermented wine, depends on your tradition, you get a chance to really come into communion with what happened on the cross. And that's really where I think the church is relaxing because we have to recreate that atmosphere so you can know the brevity. And because we have not created that atmosphere, we um, give lip service and not heart service. Now you can go ahead and finish. Yeah, and the word communion there of two becoming one, of being together, and it might be helpful to our listeners if we use the phrase emotional communion. And um, that's what our last listener was talking about. How do we enter into emotional communion with God at the cross of Jesus Christ so that we can feel the reality of the truth that Jesus suffered and paid and died for these sins? whether it's ours or someone else. And I think one of the great tragedies in the church today is at the Lord's table, whenever the bread and the wine is served, it's almost always um, exclusively served in reference to our own sins so that our, our we're always hearing, here's the blood of, of Christ shed for you. Here's the body of Christ broken for you. And I don't know if it's an American theology that made it so me-centered, but I think we need to start administering the elements differently and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you and for all the people who sinned against you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you and for all the people who sinned against you. So that when we come to the table, remembering the cross and feeling it, we're not applying the blood of Jesus just to our own sins. We're learning to apply the blood of Jesus to other people's sins. Uh, let me give a commercial right here. On August 14th at the Community Church, 1527 34th Street, we will start a new series of uh, every Wednesday at 630 for the next 13 weeks um, of this book, Steve Deal, will be at summer classes so that you just won't have to hear from me. You can hear from the person who God inspired um, to write this process and this class. Secondly, we're working on um, how to get a train the trainers class together where we can begin to train leaders to teach forgiveness, whether it be in prison, men uh, institutions, women institutions, recovery centers, in your ministries, wherever you live, work, and worship. We want this. Um, information 
to roll out. And so we are looking at how we can do a train the trainer. Also, Steve um, has just wrote a new book and entitled What You Don't Know About Forgiveness that you can find on Amazon or you can go to uh, forgiveness.com ministries and look up that book and you can get it. Or we can make sure that we have a way to get that book to you. I'm so excited about the author of Lifestyle of Forgiveness on this conference call, Steve Deal, as we talk about forgiveness as a commercial. And I'm just so honored to be in this venue. Is there another question? Hello. Good Hello. morning. Hi, yes. Um, forgiveness and fear. Um, when you've forgiven that person, but there is a residual fear there, um, maybe it's repeated um, behavior on their part, or I don't know, maybe a wound um, in my soul on my part, but there's fear that that person would do um, whatever was done again. There's a fear attached and not, you know, wanting to get, uh, allow them to get so close to you again that they would um, be a repeat offender, should I say. So how do you, um, the, the fear that's there, how do you heal that wound or uh, how do you confront that when there's, a, you've forgiven them, but there's still a fear there associated in that relationship that that would happen again? Well, thank you. Good question. Um, and Excellent. there again, your question uh, embodies the two sides of forgiveness. We, you would forgive him or this person first of the penalty so that your heart's cry for justice can be satisfied, your anger is gone, God's love can flow through you. That happens because Jesus died for this person. But now the question is, it goes to the other side of the coin of forgiveness. What kind of relationship can you have with this person who has sinned against you? Yes, Jesus died for them. Yes, God has now healed you. But when you forgive someone else, God heals you. He doesn't heal the other person. And the relationship is not yet healed. The relationship won't be healed until the other person uh, repents and changes and stops sinning. So fear might actually be very legitimate and appropriate. You can forgive someone at the cross and still be afraid that they're going to do it again. Because if they haven't repented, that means they are going to do it again. And so you have to be wise and prudent and set up loving boundaries, follow through with appropriate consequences. This, you know, this, by the way, the principle is spoken of by our Lord Jesus in Matthew 18, when he says, when someone sins against you, go and rebuke him. And if he listens to you, that means if he repents and stops sinning, Jesus says, hallelujah, you've won your brother. The relationship can be healed and reconciled. But then Jesus went on and said, but if he doesn't listen to you, the consequences need to be more severe. Bring in two or three other brothers so that every fact may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And what's implied is together you confront him. And if he listens to you and repents, wonderful. If he doesn't listen to you, turn the heat up on the stove a little bit more. Tell it to the whole church. Let the church confront this person. If they don't respond 
properly and repent uh, uh, because of the church's confrontation. Jesus then says, you treat him as a tax collector and a Gentile. And a good Jewish person did not have intimate relationships with tax collectors and Gentiles. What Jesus is saying there, again, is that we can't make people love us and we can't make people repent. And forgiveness does not mean that you just walk back into the mouth of the lion and let them chew you up. Real forgiveness, real love does not cause us to be doormats or codependent. Real love can say, look, I love you. I've forgiven you. Jesus has died for you. But you can't live in the house with me if you're going to sleep with other women. You can't be my employee if you're going to steal my money. You can't live in the house if you're going to take drugs. You can't. No, I'm not going to support your sin. I love you, but no, the consequence of your choices, your sin, is we're going to be more disconnected than I wish we could be. And honestly, that's what hell is all about. God doesn't send people to hell. Hell is not a place of punishment. Hell is where God releases unrepentant sinners to go when people don't believe in jesus don't want to stop sinning god says i love you jesus died for you but we can't have a loving relationship if you don't want to love me and you want to keep sinning so i'm gonna have to set up a healthy boundary here and separate you from all the people who do want to love me so sometimes we have to do that in our marriages or in our families with children or with parents sometimes we do it in business Sometimes we do it in school or in our neighborhoods. Forgiving, forgiving someone at the cross because God loves them and Jesus died for them does not mean you're supposed to trust them necessarily. It does not mean you should have a relationship with them. It does mean you should love them from a distance through prayer. But that may be as far as you can go with an unrepentant sinner. Does that help? Um. Yes, thank you. And actually, that's a release because, you know, um, maybe it's religion, how what you what what you just said is exactly, you know, how what I had to implement in my own life. But, you know, you'll be accused of, well, you haven't, you know, forgiven them. But if that person is not willing, you said it, if they're not willing to repent, this is the way I am. You just accept this, and you have this this baggage or this weight on you, and you know that i can't I can't live live like this then then we are right. going to be more disconnected than I really want to be, but that's when that word now that's when release that's when you have to release that person that's right you love that's them, it. you've forgiven them, but you have to release. Them. Yeah, you release them to their choices and to the consequences of their choices. Again, God has forgiven everybody of the penalty of the sin because Jesus died for them. So we can forgive everybody of the penalty of their sin. But God only forgives repentant people of the consequences of their sin, which means we should only be forgiving repentant people of the consequences of their sin and if they don't repent then we got to release them and let them go into their hell one thing i want to add to that is really important for those of us who are claiming um to be blood blood washed christians we have to be able to hear from god 
the process of the lifestyle of forgiveness book gives you sin as God sees it, not as we see it. Consequences as God sees it, not as we see it. And we do not want to blur the lines because if we blur the lines, we will see it based upon how we feel and not how God has authorized us to move forward. And so right. we have to be in tune with God so we can do God-authorized boundaries, not our own. We can see that person in a loving relationship as opposed to a devil from hell. Um, we, we have to see through the eyes of God. We have to love through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of our relationships based upon sin, but based upon a loving Savior who went through all of the agony because a lot of times, and if I can use um, rape or molestation, I'm just trying to give something that's violent. Um, because there was something violent that happened or murder or a, you know, whatever, it's so traumatic violently until we, we, we're still going through that trauma. Um, and we have to get in tune with God so that we can know that the same experience we had through that sin encounter is the same trauma that Jesus felt on the cross and he was not guilty. And so right. we have to embrace what Jesus did on the cross as the same kind of uh, force and trauma. Violence. Violence. Yeah, you, That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Come yeah, on, it's Steve. It's the same kind of violence. It's the same kind That's of violence both on. physically and emotionally and relationally. The cross was a very violent act of God to bring about a, the appropriate justice against the crimes first committed against him, but also committed against us. And that's, again, where we go back to feeling the heart of God at the cross. When people don't feel the violence of the cross against Jesus because of someone who raped us or someone who beat us up or however they have sinned against us, then there's a big disconnect emotionally and it, our, our, our forgiveness, even if we're going to the cross, becomes kind of shallow and incomplete. And that's where a lot of people live because they have a shallow and incomplete um, essence of the cross. It's very, very difficult for you to love that person and see that person as God sees them. And then it's very difficult for you to put the, on, the, the, uh, the authorized boundaries on that repentant person and letting the repentance guide the process. That, right. that, that was an right. excellent question. Thank you so much because you asked the question that so many people on this call um, probably wanted to know the answer to. Did that, did that help at all um, in, in, in what you were asking? Did we get to the, the crux of it? Yes. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so Pastor much. Another Taylor. question. Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I just want to, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure who that was that just spoke. You don't have to say your name if you don't want to. Um, but, but I want to give you an example. You said two things that stood out to me. Number one was codependency. Um, a lot of times, forgiveness and codependency, um, they kind of run in the same line. Reason being, because of religious 
habit and religious exposure, what I'm finding is a lot of people confuse religion and relationships. When I began to set healthy boundaries in my own personal relationship with people who I wished I hadn't had to, what I recognized is I was dependent on their bad behavior to exist, which let me know that I hadn't implemented the real steps and measures for true forgiveness. There was a thing on the inside of me that was so accustomed to being mistreated by them that it was easier for me to maintain being mistreated that I had to, um, number one, reassess what I felt like I deserved, and I had to take the boundaries off of them by recognizing that it was not personal. That is who they are right now. And if that being the case, I had to release myself from feeling like I deserved to be mistreated to maintain the relationship. Until I realized that I was codependent on their bad behavior, I didn't have the strength to implement the necessary God-authorized boundaries for my own freedom. Right. And so one of the books that I read that changed my life, I, I, get, I buy this book, I refer this book often, um, and, and when you couple it with um, Dr. Deal's book, Listen, there's a liberty that comes that I can't even explain. And there is a restoration in your soul that changes how you feel. The name of the book is, I believe it's the, the 12 Steps uh, of Something Codependency. I'll post it in the room. Um, but that whole identifying that for real you're codependent, which most of us don't necessarily like to admit, <laughs> because you, when you think of codependence, you think of people that are dealing with addiction. Listen, we become addicted to people treating us poorly. That's right. Re regardless of, of if you will acknowledge it, and because it's not really talked about in church settings, right? Codependence is one of the largest elements of operating and moving into true forgiveness. If you don't know how... Um, or, or what you want to be treated like, according to the word of God, or if you don't know how to employ the truth of the word of God to your life because you're religious, you're always going to struggle with unforgiveness. So I, I really want to invite you to, to join that. If you marry those two, freedom is right around the corner. Healthy boundaries, not only, I won't say they restored my mother and I's relationship, we got a whole new relationship. Because I was able to forgive her for real and not hold her hostage to behaviors based upon her inability to recognize codependency. So that's it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, guys. That, that, that's very good. That, and codependency <laughs> is something to some degree we all suffer with, like you're saying. And we learn it from childhood. We develop coping mechanisms because as a child, we didn't learn what real forgiveness is. We couldn't understand it at early age. And so no one practices forgiveness when we're two, three, four, five years old and even older than that. So we're forced to deal with the pain and the emotional agony and trauma of our sins and other people's sins in non-forgiveness ways. And then we grow up with those. 
and often they are exhibited in extreme acts of or uh, attitudes of codependency in our relationships with other people. So I agree with you. It's very good that you were able to discern that. You could hear God point that out and say, you know, this isn't how you're supposed to be treated. This isn't love. And so one of the things that we focus on in developing a lifestyle of forgiveness is if we're really going to do that, we need to ask God to show us the sins of our family, in particular, our moms and dads, because parental sins are more damaging than the sins of strangers. And and they damage our soul in ways so early on that we develop these unhealthy ways of thinking about God, about ourselves, about life, about love, about relationships that affect us all the rest of our lives until we start forgiving the people in our past, i.e. our mom and our dad, older brothers and sisters, grandparents, aunts and uncles. We forgive them and then there's that healing that God works in our soul and then the truth makes more sense. We can embrace it and our behavior changes and so that freedom like you were saying, is just miraculous. And there's nothing else like it. And, and so I invite our listeners to really take that to heart, to develop a lifestyle of forgiveness, knowing forgiving your mom and dad is going to be really crucial and key to that. So, so for those of you who are listening, in Chapter 9 in the book, Developing a Lifestyle of Forgiveness, we do a deep dive and actually identify, we, we call it doing a sin inventory, where you get a chance to look at the sins of your parents, the sins of your grandparents, or the sins of what we call the generational curses, um, if you want to use that. I really like to use generational blessings, but, but there's some stuff that, that, that we inherited because of sin. And in, if you do a deep dive in chapter nine, we get to identify both the sin and the sinner. And if you don't identify the sin and the sinner, a lot of times if you have a addictive behavior or you have uh, family issues, then you will say not one man is a dog, but all men are dogs because of the man one or two that you attracted that damaged you. So you have to talk about that person and that sin and don't do a general blanket. All white people are not bad and all black people are not good. And so we do a lot of generalities and, and, and we do that out of safety, but we also do that at the cost of relationships and people who just because they have the skin color or because they're male or they're female. So we have to be clear that we cannot do that as a general, but we have to do that in a sin inventory. So that's in chapter nine of lifestyle of forgiveness you just these these are some steps that you can go through that a lot of uh internal trauma and healing um will be able to take a look at and get place uh, uh get get some restoration for yeah any other questions that we can actually yes ma'am good morning sir it's Didi, and i'm just like wow dion just really <laughs> oh she spoke to me um with this whole process with those boundaries and growing up and I guess it is a form of religion religion when you're taught that um you know that forgiveness piece if you don't forget you don't forgive and then even though people have pretty much uh stabbed your whole left eye out that you got to still sit down and um break bread with them no matter what and have them in your space and so just going through the the workshop that we went through with you with um 
developing a lifestyle when I first got, you know, got the, go, went through it, it just really opened up some other places. And, and so like with that codependency and just um, not holding people, you know, captive to that part. I, I had to really get that as when you said the sins of the parents, because once I got through sins of a father, um, I was, I thought I was through it. And so then going through the broken marriage and all that stuff, but being able to really set those boundaries that are healthy and godly boundaries and, and not the ones that I set, because there's so many people that will stay in unhealthy, um, really relationships that, that that aren't good and they end up losing their lives. Just recently, we were talking about, you know, domestic violence and how people will stay because of what they've been told. You know, some, some people just stay and pray. No, you need to get to safety and you also need to do some some, you know, just just do some real work about what's causing it because we we are um how do I say it? Just to know that forgiveness there's there's a key to freedom when you understand it. and I agree with Dion. I had read Changes to Heal and Safe People and Healthy Boundaries. I think it was Dr. Henry Cloud or whatever. And then I tied all that up to just going through life and when my ex-husband apologized that did something. But with my daddy apologizing for not knowing how to be a dad and all that went through with, with our relationship, it helped me to heal. And then with my ex-husband, who I wanted to kill and be in San Quentin, I know this is being recorded, I was able to really understand that. And so any, any other relationships, I know how to set boundaries a little bit better now. So I'm not so tied to, you know, well, it's, 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 a, rela- it's a relationship. It's not religion. So I just thank you, um, Mr. Dill, Pastor Dill, for that amazing book that's really helped me to just be a better person and just to really understand what forgiveness is. So I appreciate it, and I, I just think that everybody, if you have not went through this 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 developing a lifestyle forgiveness, I'm telling you, you need to really get in and tap into it. So thank you, brother. Thank, thank you, you so much, very much, uh, Sister D. Yeah, thank you Anybody for the encouragement. Anybody else want to share? Yes. Anybody else want to ask a question or share? Uh, this has been a real um, opportunity for us to, to to do a deep dive on what we um, call healing for our souls. Anybody? Amen. Anybody I would just like to close. I would just like to close out and say, and just thank you so much for sharing that. And as I said earlier, everything that has been shared, I didn't under, I didn't know what was happening, but it was the Holy Spirit. Everything that Pastor Deal and that you have shared, the Holy Spirit that walked me through where I left an abusive marriage and I walked out one night with nothing but my purse and my keys. And I didn't understand, but when I walked out, the release, I had already released my ex-husband, I knew that that was a relationship. I could not continue in that. And how God, how the Holy Spirit walked me through that whole process, I didn't understand it. But now I'm having a better understanding, a healthy understanding. And I just need the information on the book and on the workshop. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Sometimes the Holy Spirit and usually the Holy Spirit will lead people into his children into doing the right things. We may not always understand that it is the right thing. And unfortunately in the church, sometimes the right thing is not seen as the right thing. Sometimes, you know, forgiveness is understood as, well, if you forgive someone, then like some of our listeners have said, that means I just have to grip my teeth and take whatever they give me. I just have to let them sin again against me. And, 
real forgiveness is not that. So uh, I'm glad our, our listeners are hearing that, that it is a loving thing to do after you forgive someone at the cross to say, no, I'm not going to let you keep sinning against me. I don't have to let that happen anymore. That's great. Somebody else, there was somebody else asking a question or, or something. It was a couple of voices. I think our last speaker wanted to know more about your, when you were doing the uh, Developing a Lifestyle of Forgiveness class again. Yes, that would be the 14th. Uh, hopefully we can put it up in the Declare Victory room. Uh, the 14th. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, get it week. posted. Okay. Don't, don't Thank worry. you so and much. If, okay. No problem. If there's someone on the line that is not a part of the Victory room, all you have to do on Facebook is just request access. I'll add you to make sure that you can connect and be a part of the forgiveness course that's coming up August 14th, correct? Yes. Uh, every Wednesday okay. from that 14th on for the next 13 weeks, we will be in a deep dive of forgiveness. Okay. And All then, right. Lawrence, let, let's talk about every Wednesday, making that okay. an online option as well. Um, we'll Absolutely. talk about it after the call. So for, for people that live out of the state or out of the country, we have quite a few um, people that are, are not local on the line. Um, so I don't want to exclude you from the opportunity to be released into your healing. There were two or three people that were attempting to share. Can I find out who those are so we can get an order really quick? Good morning. This is Ruth. And then I heard two more people. Okay, go ahead, it, was me, it, it was me, it was me, but um, it, it's been answered. It's Catherine. Okay, Catherine. Ruth, do me a favor. Can you get to someplace that's more quiet? That's, it's I, I way just, too much background noise. I know. I was just going to say let the other people speak now because I'm, I'm, now I'm bringing up my stuff that same way so they can go ahead and I'll, I'll be out of the okay. by the time they finish. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead, Catherine. I was saying that um, um, a lot of a lot of um, answers. I mean, questions I have have been answered. You know, um, with the trust issues and paranoia that you have, and the hurts and things like that. You know, when um, when you're uh, when you you know you don't forgave a person, and uh, the answer that I got out of that is to. You know, you can love from a distance. You don't have to keep allowing people to walk, step on you and do these things. Because, you know, I, I have trust issues and get paranoid and, you know, things like that because I know they haven't asked for forgiveness, but I have. So, you know, um, I got the answer to that. Thank you so much. And the share that you shared about the parents. So thank you guys so much. You're very welcome. Wow. 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 This has been so rewarding for me this morning. Anybody else? I I, uh, um, I just can't thank you enough, Steve, for uh, waking up early this morning. Um, and there's so many people that probably didn't say anything, but they got their release this morning because they tuned in from their heart. Uh, anybody else want to... Um, uh, share or to ask a question. Um, Hello. So that, yes. Yes. This is this is Gloria. Good morning, everybody. Good Thank morning. you for this um, this declaration and and just uh, breaking down 
the components of forgiveness and and even during when when we went through the uh, the study earlier uh, last month I think that I the, the um, understanding that Christ's death on the cross was across the board for everybody has made it easier in my heart to be able to release and forgive and not to take things to heart when when other things may come up or are done toward me and even to check myself about how I interact with people. The 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 understanding the con the um the consequences and being able to to understand how to deal with and set boundaries for people that maybe that have not that have not asked for forgiveness or repented and to 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 um is is extremely helpful in being able to understand that no I'm not a I'm not a I'm not being mean, I'm not being grudgeful, but I'm doing what uh, is needed in order for me to heal and move forward. So I appreciate the study. Hmm. I appreciate wow. it. And even even in putting things in the context uh, when when people say, you know, well, I'm I'm sorry, or 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 they 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 say they're sorry, but then in the midst of the sorry, they're lies. They're still innuendo. They're still stuff. It's like you know what? No, I I I was correct in saying no. I can't I can't give you that safe place with me anymore. I have to keep the distance because it's not good for my soul. It's not good for my spirit for me to give you uh, access like you used to have before. So I appreciate you. I appreciate this study, and I'm looking forward to study in August. And God, just God bless you. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. If if I may, let me add one more thing to that, too, because I think we're all hearing, and it is true, that when we say no to people who are still sinning against us and are unrepentant, that is following through with appropriate consequences, it is for us. It is something that um, allows us freedom. It's the release. It uh, contributes to our own healing. But I think we also want to not lose sight of the fact that when we release people to the consequences of their wrong choices and the pain they're going to suffer without having to join them in it or support them in it, it's actually for them. It's it's God's um, discipline in trying to move them toward repentance. So it's not only healthy for us, to love someone from a distance it's necessary to be a part of god's plan in helping them to not give them um, freedom and safety with us when they don't deserve it they need to feel in a sense if we use a child discipline they need to feel the spanking that they deserve for doing the wrong thing and when we're being codependent what we're doing is interfering with the spanking and that just creates a spoiled child. Oh, that's so. good, Dr. Deal, right there. That is, that's some good stuff. <laughs> yes, Lord Jesus. Can, like can I just add just, oh, my God, look at here, look at here. I just got excited. I felt my grandmother way down on the end. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes sir. Um, one, one of the things, and, and this may help somebody, 
one of the things that I had to do, and it was very difficult, and so a lot of times because we have a tendency to lean back to that codependency, um, I, I created a system for myself that when I felt myself stepping back into the behavior of wanting to allow them in prematurely, um, I would count backwards the number five. You know how you, you'll see a behavior that you are familiar with that you know is soul damaging. And so we, cre my mother and I created a system where we made one of two things, either a cold word, which you can let them know that what we're going to do, and you can do it or not, but if you do not abide by this boundary, we won't be able to interact. And then we'll take space and time and we'll come back and we'll try it again. And if you break these particular rules as, as it relates to these boundaries that I've set up for my emotional, spiritual, and mental growth, then we will not be allowed to interact. Can we agree to that? Now, one of two things will happen. Because at first, she told me she's not abiding by none of my rules. Okay, well, then we not talking. <laughs> That's fair. No problemo. When you are ready to, to agree to, to create a system to get us well, then we can interact. But until then, I'm going to stay over here in my corner and you go over there with yours. I got a cut man that never loses. He prepares me to win every that fight. Is, that is so excellent. You are following through with what we call the principles of relational forgiveness, the side of forgiveness dealing with consequences. Yes. You were doing that yes. perfectly. You let people know, here's the consequences of your choices. If you go to the left, I will do this. If you go to the right, I'll do this. But it's your choice. And then a codependent person won't be able to follow through. But a healthy person says, look, if they don't want to cooperate with the boundaries, if they don't want to love me the way I should be loved, then I'm going to follow through with the consequences. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to feel sadness. It's going to hurt. I'm going to miss them. But it's the healthy thing for me, and I'm sure you experienced it was the healthy thing for your mom, too, because she Absolutely. started missing you. She started missing you, and, and so she was feeling the spanking, so to speak, and she repented, mm -hmm. sounds like. Well, not only did she repent, but she thanked me. Yeah. Because it didn't just help, it didn't just help me. It helped us. It didn't yes. just help us. It helped my children. Yeah. It didn't just help my children and us, but it helped our future. It helped our purpose because now she's walking into what I already knew, right? That's she's that. great. She was always great. I never wanted the separation, but I recognized that it was necessary for the generations to come. Somebody has to be willing to break the curse. Somebody has That's to have right. the courage not to take it personally. Somebody has to have the strength to stand in the truth of God's word and expect that the outcome is victory. And until you Amen. make that decision, um, until you employ the fruit of the spirit to occupy the truth of God's word, you will always be scattered and run in and out of codependence and unforgiveness, i.e. cancer, diabetes, uh, heart failure, because right. what you do is harbor all of that um, sin against your soul, 
and you internalize it. This is the one thing, Dr. Deal, that changed my life. When I recognized that Romans 8 and 28, that is always employed on our behalf, even the ill experiences were created to move us into a place where we use everything that hurt us to help not only ourselves become free, but any and everyone that we encounter. Nothing is personal. Nothing is personal. If you can get that in your mind, nothing is personal. They do what they've been exposed to as a result of unforgiven sin. It's all like right. it's a, a ridiculous cycle that somebody has to be um, wise enough and trust God enough to move beyond and don't take it personal. Ask yourself the question, what benefit will this have for everyone involved. If I learn how to overcome unforgiveness, I can teach as many as will listen how to forgive. Right. So all of the stuff that hurt me was par for the course to get me to this place, because today I'm not scared to love you even if you behave badly. I just know how to do it. That's all. all. Right. So, so, so let me say this, uh, 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 Sister Dion. What you did was what we're trying to get everybody on this line to do. You wanted a loving relationship with your mother. And you had the ability to go to God and get yourself cleaned up. Then you said, listen, who better than me to build this relationship with the person I love, with the person I want to be in a relationship with, and the outcome is everybody's better. <laughs> right. Everybody's better. And and right. and your mother, because of her own survival and everything else, she was sinning against you. Some of it she may not have even known, but she was trying to survive. But because of your relationship with God, because of you going to God and saying, God, I need you to give me what I need so that I can then empower my mother, that would empower my children, that would empower my family, that would empower my future, and then I will begin to share with others this process. That's what we're trying to get people to do. But it's always never the person who did the damage for the most part, but it's the person who's been damaged if you understand the power of forgiveness, who better than you to guide the process of healing and restoration of a loving relationship with God? And that's the evangelism process that we must go on. But it hurts so bad when it's people who are closest to you because of that codependency thing. So awesome job. And, and that, that was a shout for me right there because people are close to people so closely until they just say, I'd just rather not deal with you at all. As opposed to say, listen, I'm healthy enough to go into this relationship. I've got boundaries um, and, and, and this is what I wanna do, but listen at what happened. Your mother is the better, your family, your children. Um, everybody can be together because of what God used you to do. And that's how the beloved community becomes greater. That, that was powerful, thank you so much. Somebody else, anybody, if you want to comment on that or if you go ahead, who's that? Good morning. Hi. Go ahead. 
Wait, wait, hold on. Let's get an order real quick. That was Lisa. Who else was that? Lisa. Okay. And who? It was one more, wasn't it? This is Ruth. I'm out of the store now. Oh, okay. So, so let Ruth go. Well, wait, let Lisa go because she at work. Lisa, Ruth, and then Leisha. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Gianna, for what you just said, and and thank you for just living that out in front of us. It's amazing that we have to get to the point of just wanting um, what God has said that we can have and His way of doing it more than we want to be um, stuck in our own self righteousness or our own pain or our own unforgiveness. Thank you, Pastor um, Van Hook, for bringing Dr. Deal to the call. Thank you, Dr. Deal, for writing this book. I'm so grateful um, for God using you and then us being so closely connected. We are truly blessed to have this experience. Um, It is amazing. You said some things today, Dr. Deal, that just made me just like really get into perspective again, the cross, how I've heard that God's wrath was poured out on Jesus, but I never just really thought about what that meant. And you said something like his heart bursting. And and that right there, it touched me. It brought me to tears, actually, making me think about what he really, really suffered. And I know about the 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 nails and the you know the being the like on the railroad track. And I've heard that story, and I've I've heard about the lashes in his back. But you just took that to another level with that heart bursting. I'm a nurse, so I, I had a visual. Um, and then, then thinking about that wrath, the, yes, the wrath of God being poured out on him for us. And not just us, but for the sins of the world. And it's amazing how um, what God is doing in us. I thought about how Proverbs 4 and 23 talks about um, guarding our hearts. And I think we got that messed up because we guard our hearts to lock people out. But guarding our heart was never intended to change us from the commandment to love in spite of. Right. That's right. We can't lock people out. We've got to let them we in. Can't. We can't. We, right, but we got boundaries. And I love how you said God set up boundaries. I was like, what? And then I thought about it. Yes, he did. Because hell was not sent. For, I mean, hell is a place where people choose to go to. He don't send people right. there. It is a separation from God. I, ooh, that it's makes so much sense yeah. to me. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, both of you, men of God. Continue doing the work that you guys are doing because you are changing lives. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit doing it. Bless You're you. very welcome. Thank you. Come on, somebody else. I, I thank you so much for being a nurse because you helped us to drive that point home because you understand what happens when a heart bursts. Who was that? Who was next? Who was next? That was Lisa. That was Lisa. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ruth. Thank Okay, so somebody has, their kids are talking. Can you mute your phone for me? Amen. Um, I think it was Ruth. If not, Leisha, go ahead. Leisha, if you're speaking, we can't hear you. I'm sorry. Did you say Lisa, go ahead, or Leisha? I said Leisha. Okay, yes. Um, good morning everybody. Um what I good wanted morning. to uh what I wanted to talk about is how uh grateful I am for the freedom of forgiveness. But the other thing that I wanted to touch on is the codependency. But the one of the things that um myself and what I'm hearing from the line is other people suffer from codependency. 
But I'm a solution-based person, so I believe in getting help because sometimes you are codependent and cannot um, get out of it on your own. Sometimes just praying about it is not enough. So for myself, I went to a 12-step program called Codependence yeah. Anonymous okay. where That's I received right. tools to deal with setting up boundaries. That's right. I received Good job, Lisa. That's dope. <laughs> understanding myself and understand my family so that I knew how to interact. So I knew when to forgive. I knew when to walk away. Because without having that help and having that solution, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know I was being so dependent until the pain was so great. So I just wanted to add to the conversation and saying that I'm so grateful for what I'm hearing, but there is more help out there if you just can't pray it through on your own or you just can't do it by yourself. So I just wanted to offer that. Let me let me let me just let me just add to what you're saying. I don't recommend anybody doing this work by yourself. You you this this work is beyond an individual doing its work by themselves, and I don't recommend it. Now it happens, but I never recommend doing this kind of work in and of uh, yourself. I agree with that. The bigger the sin, the more traumatic the sin, especially family childhood sins. Um, we all have blind spots. We don't see That's what's what really I'm going about. Come on. on. We need Come someone on. to help. Come on. We, we also need yes. other people's empathy. We need yes. their prayers. We need prayers. their guidance yes. and coaching yes. and accountability to learn. Yes, accountability, so absolutely. One of the things I teach is you might start developing a lifestyle of forgiveness by yourself, but everyone needs to understand nobody develops a lifestyle of forgiveness by themselves in the end. It is it is something we do as a church community, as a family. And you got to be in small groups like you're starting, uh, Brother Lawrence, uh, so that we can see more clearly, be prayed for, be empathized with, uh, pray for others, hear their stories, it is it is a community growing project. That's good I just stuff, have Dr. one Dale. quick question. I had heard that you guys are starting a forgiveness workshop in August. What was the address and what was the date for that again? It it will be posted in the Victory Room August fourteenth, oh. and it's oh. at Community Church in the city of Oakland. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Let me also mention uh, that I do weekend seminars Friday night, yeah. all day Saturday. There's one coming up in Pleasant Hill at the end of August and another one in Concord in the end of September. Uh, people can go to our website. I, that'll actually get me to get them up on the website this morning. Uh, you can see where they are. And uh, the seminar is called Unwrapping the Gift of Forgiveness. Uh, we've done that at Pastor Lawrence's church, and um, I'm available to come to churches for Sunday morning to do the seminar on weekends, uh, to come to small groups. So however I can help uh, people, just let us know. Contact us at Forgiveness Ministries. So if there's any pastors or any uh, pastoral leaders on the call, um, not only are we working to um, do a train-the-trainer but 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 Pastor Deal is also available to come and do workshops, whether it be in Sacramento, whether it be in Vallejo, whether it be in whatever county or city, or even if you're out of the state. 
um, 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 there were there's planes that will get 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 him there to make right. that or out of the country. Cambodia, Indonesia, Hong <laughs> that Kong. Yeah. Listen, wherever we gotta go for people to get free, we'll travel right. for healing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> there was somebody else too, uh, Sister Dion. Who 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 was that? Um, it was Ruth. Um, I don't know if Ruth. she's available, but if not, there's Shantae that she sent me. A this is Ruth. I'm back. I'm back on okay, the line. Go ahead, Ruth. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm in a quiet place now. Um, <clears throat> thank you for this declaration. I've literally broke out in chills so many times <laughs> since I've been on this call. Oh my God, I want to pull my car over on the freeway and do car wheels. This whole call really is about me. I I, I relate in so many ways. My mom, I'm, I'm looking at my mom and the years that the things that she's, all the years that, and, that, and the things that she's taken over a year from her family, her husband, her kids. And um, I'm like, I don't want to be like that. But I do see me and my mom allowing people to repeatedly abuse and use us and just take advantage of us, but then just continue to be really nice and passive, don't say nothing, you know. And now what's happened, my mom is, she's, uh, and she'll tell you, she don't, she don't care that many. She is a grudge holder because she's given so much over the years. Now, um she don't want. She don't fool with nobody in her family. She don't want. To, she don't speak to none of her sisters, her brother. She's she's angry because she's get she had given so much of herself and her time, and um, now she don't want to have nothing to do with people because they didn't respond the way she responded to them, and she they didn't support her when she had her fiftieth birthday. Now she's sixty five, no sixty eight, because nobody attended her birthday her birthday party, and her fiftieth birthday party, and they never supported me and none of the things I did. And I always invite them every year. They was always busy. I don't know why they didn't come. The bottom line is because of all that, she just she she said she's a grudge holder, and she don't want to have nothing to do with anybody. And I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be a grudge holder. But I do see um, I do see myself allowing people to um, get over and misuse me, and then just continue to be really nice and kind and passive. And I need to get out of that. I really at this point like. I, I almost want to shut my house down, like just <laughs> or just move, because I allow people to do things that are just, you know, it's just, it's 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 overdue. It's overdue. And I and I almost want to ask somebody else, could you please help me get out of this situation? Can you please tell them because I don't know. I I feel like I'm not strong enough to to um to tell people, you know, you know that I'm tired. It's called, well, it's and I think what Ruth. I think what you're <laughs> describing, Ruth, is what we started with: is that sins damage the human soul. And I don't know if everyone caught it, but I said the sins of our parents, our mom and our dad, um, are more destructive to our soul than the sins of strangers. Even if we had relatively good parents, small sins from mom and dad can cause a lot of damage. So big sins from moms and dads can be totally crippling and you're describing the symptoms of the, some of the damage to your soul and God wants to heal your soul and as you learn what forgiveness is and how to forgive your mom and your dad he will heal you and set you free to think differently think more clearly make better choices you'll be a stronger healthier person 
And one of our um, uh, listeners talked about being uh, in small groups and a 12-step for codependence. And I agree with that because when, if we're damaged when we're children, in the first 10 years of our lives, we developed patterns of thinking and patterns and habits of behavior. Then we get healed through forgiveness in our 40s or 50s or 60s. We still have decades of the wrong patterns. And that's in particular where being in a group can help us um, and remind us of when we're stepping out of uh, a right way of thinking and back into our old habits. The pressure that created the old habit may be gone, but the habit is still there. And breaking a habit can take some time. So I appreciate you calling out for people to help you and come alongside. But I want you to remember, you need to forgive the people in your past so God can heal you, set you free, so you can create those new habits. If, 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 and if also, if I can say this, and I would like to use uh, uh, Dion is, as the catalyst here so I won't be picking on anybody because she can take it. I believe that those of us who've had the most trauma are the people before the foundation of the world, God had already declared your greatness. But Satan said, listen, if I could just have them to go through rape, molestation, a bad relationship with their parents, all of the stuff that life causes through sin, that person will not be able to give you the glory. But I'm here to tell you, because he declared it before the foundation of the world, he already knew that your journey was going to be the way it is. But I'm asking somebody to keep fighting. Don't give up, even if you're down, and get the victory of what God is going to do in your life because of what he declared. And I know you may not be able to see how you're going to get there, but if you keep working this process and moving toward healing and forgiveness for yourself, you will be able to change lives of so many people because if you go through the pain, especially of a close relationship like a parent, how many other people will you be able to touch? And I'm just so thankful for this call. So uh, I, um, um, thank you all so much. Who, who else wanted to share? My, my, my work is ahead. done today. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Good morning. I just want to thank and praise God for you all in this line this morning. Um, I do want to uh, tail in off of what Sister Dion was talking about, about the codependency in the relationship with uh, a mother. Um, we only get one mom, as far as I know, and I thank and I praise God for my mom. Um, she, I, she has been abusive towards me for all my life, but I thank and praise God for um, deliverance and healing. Um, it took me until now to realize um, that I'm not what she used to call me or what she's done to me. Um, so this forgiveness thing, it is a daily walk for me because I know it says in the Bible to forgive 70 times seven. And I know it also says to forgive. Um, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. So I just wanna um, thank and praise God for this prayer call this morning. And please just um, continue to lift me up in prayer. Um, my mom lives right down the street. And I don't know why she doesn't talk to me. It hurts so bad. 
But um, like I said, God is healing me through this process. Um, I'm her only daughter, and I just wonder why she doesn't like me or why she doesn't talk to me. But instead of wondering, I just give it to God. Um, like I said, it took until now for God to bless me with my own place and my own space. And to go through these things, to realize that I'm not who she said I am. I'm not who um, the things that have happened to me, the things she said to me. Um, so I just want to thank and praise God for his strength and just um, healing relationships. Um, so if you can please just continue to pray for my strength in the Lord and for my mother and our relationship to be um, restored in Jesus' name. I know he's going to do it. It just I just want to pick up the phone sometimes and call her, you know, and just talk to her and just have a relationship no. with her. But no. I just think and I praise God for being my mother, my father, my first love and everything that I need. In Jesus' name, I'm not sad. God said, when I'm at my weakest, I'm at my strongest. So please continue to pray for me and my strength in the Lord. In Jesus' name, have a blessed day, y'all. Amen. 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 Wow. Wow. What a good example of how damaging <laughs> the sins of parents are. Yeah, we hear, yes, we hear yes. the heart's cry of a little girl yes. crying out for her mother yes. to embrace her and Woo! affirm her and hold her and, and the testimony that her mom hasn't done that all her life. And I hope she's still listening. Her mom is hurting her because her mom is sinning. Little yes. chil- when our parents sin against, when parents sin against little children, little children always conclude there must be something wrong with me. I'm going to say that again. Little children will always conclude when mom and dad hurt them. Mom is hurting me because there's something wrong with me. And that way of thinking doesn't just go away. It's a part of that damage to our soul when we grow up or even when we become Christians. We have to learn and hear from God. And God is saying to her, your mother isn't loving you, not calling you, even though she lives down the street and you're her only daughter because she's sinning. This is not love, and this is what Jesus had to die for. And Jesus dying for it obviously doesn't change her mother because her mother's not living in that reality. But her daughter can live in that reality. And forgiving her mother won't cause her mother to love her, but it will allow God to heal her of the damage her mother has and is still causing her. Somebody else. Anybody else? Uh, it's, hey, man. Yes. This is Tessa Veronica, and I'm an only child, and I lost my mother December, I mean, January 2017. And it's not that her mother didn't love her, but her mother probably wasn't allowed to deal with her own hurt. I've been able to look back, and I realized that my mother didn't really give me what she needed, well, what I needed, because she didn't get what she needed. Right. Yes, that's so true. And that's, I had to that's let like, that go, and I had to forgive her because she was the best mother that she could be. I had to forgive her because God forgave me. And I just had to leave it at that. We can't build on yesterday. We had to continue to move forward and let it go. 
I just realized right. some things that I used to let bog me down are just not important today because life is so short and it goes so quick and it have no age and no no reason. It just go because God said it go. So we just have to learn to let it go. Just let it go and move on. And she should try to love her mother while her mother is here. My mother will never be back. But I still, God still show me the favor and love of my mother. Hey, um, this is Nikisha. I'm just to piggyback on that whole mother-daughter thing. Um, I lost my mother um, November 17th of 2012, and my birthday is November 18th. So um, that whole the, the mother pain, because she had her own issues growing up as a kid, being molested by her stepfather. She couldn't come to grips that I was molested as well and then just not dealing with that but I thank God on today that somebody told me that she couldn't give me what she didn't have and that we were able to make peace unfortunately it was on her deathbed but I can live forward going that we did make peace and because I did not get the love that I needed from her I made sure that I give my children all the love that I have inside of me. But even still, with that being said, going back to the sins that the parents give to the child, it in my mind, I just never feel that I'm ever enough or adequate or just something just wrong. I could be having like a great day, but in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, well, you know, your hair is not looking quite right or, you know, you gained some weight or blah, 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 or, you know, just always that criticism that's going on in my head. So I just thank God for Declare Victory. Today's lesson was so awesome, um, especially with the you, you're not healed aspect of it because I did go through the forgiveness in Vallejo at Faith Fellowship. I even went to Richmond to go to the workshop, but then it was still like something's not right here. So I really am looking forward to reading the other part of the book, um, the the new book rather, and just knowing that um, even though I'm in Las Vegas now, that there's going to be an opportunity to have some online stuff going on. So I'm just looking forward to the, the work that I need to continue because you can't do it on your own. You do need to bounce your thoughts off of other people that are healed as I'm going through my healing process. So I thank you I thank you on today. Love you all. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Dr. Well, Deal, um, before, before we get another question, I know it's after 8 o'clock. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I absolutely got business. Um, <laughs> Is it okay if um, our admin team contacts you for perhaps um, an invitation for this discussion to continue maybe once a week while doing the course of um, August? I'll, I'll reach out to you separately, but I just wanted to put it, put it out there in the atmosphere. Um, it sounds like not only is this um, a, a great topic, but a necessary one. 
and we always know via the response of the tears that healing is taking place. So I just want us to continue while we have the um, the live opportunities in both Concord and in Oakland, also online in the evening, if we can do maybe one day in the morning for those that live in other states and countries as well, uh, more than anything to gain some additional exposure to this book, to this dialogue, and to this healing journey for so many that absolutely need it. If, if we could uh, work something out so that perhaps that can take place, I believe the people would be grateful and something would happen in the earth because now God got a, a good little army of healed people going out helping people heal. So that's my thought. I, I I would love to do that, and I thank you for the invitation. Yeah, let's talk. There will be one Absolutely. week in August where I'm gone camping in the mountains. I won't be available, but we'll work it okay. out. Okay. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I would say, are there any more questions? Um, but I know that there are a million. So what I'll do is encourage each of you that are on the call um, to join us again next Friday. Um, and to be looking out for flyers on social media as well as going to declarevictory.org to get updates about um, more information on this topic, more live discussions, and hopefully uh, we can put together some type of workshop or seminar in the immediate future uh, that would entail having Dr. Deal be a huge part of it. So I'm excited. I'm encouraged. Um, I'll hand it to Dr. Van Hook to wrap it up. Thank you, Dr. Deal. We appreciate you. I thank you for your gift. Um, and You're I thank you uh, that God chose you uh, for such a time as this to walk people directly into their healing. God bless you. I'm going on mute. Thank um, you. I want to just say thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my work is done. And so, uh, Steve, if you can give us closing remarks and then uh, we will um, – dismiss on today uh, again there's just so much more that we need to unpack but we are we're going to move forward and i hope that the people on this call will get to a session or the class for your own self-healing because god wants to use you in spite of you to make this world a better place so steve if you can um, um give us closing remarks again thank you all for allowing me to be a part of this awesome ministry of Declare Victory. I'll go ahead, Steve. You're very, you're very welcome, and thank you for inviting me, Brother Lawrence. I think I, the thought that's been running through my mind that I find um, perhaps the simplest and most helpful way to start practicing forgiving other people, we all know and probably have been taught that one of the most important prayers we can pray is to say thank you to Jesus for dying and paying the penalty for our sins. And that's a part of confession is to say, thank you for dying and paying the penalty for this sin. But I, I wanna instruct and encourage all of you. There's a second prayer that goes along with that that I find most Christians have not learned to pray. And that's this, thank you Jesus for dying for my mother's sin. Or thank you, Jesus, for dying for my dad's sin. Or thank you, Jesus, for dying for my abusive spouse's sin. We need to get into the habit and pattern and the, and the thought life of thanking Jesus for dying for the sins 
that people have committed against us. That's where the foundation and the start of forgiveness really happens at the cross of Christ. We have to learn to live there. And as we do, the healing will start in our souls. With that said, blessings upon all of you. Have a phenomenal weekend and may God bless. Again, classes will be posted on the uh, on the Facebook page uh, or on the website of Declare Victory. Also, uh, we will, um, I've already given um, the information team, uh, Pastor Steve Deal's information so that we can make the personal contact so that we can do sessions of healing throughout the month of August. So if there's anything else that we need to do, um, please check with the Victory Room or with someone who um, has access to posting on that page. Thank you all so very much. Have a phenomenal weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank Love you. you. Have a Love you. Thank you.